I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland international and adopted Frenchman, Johnny BT, and former France international, Benjamin Kayser. Toulouse and Bordeaux were victorious in the top 14 barrage at the weekend, so we'll be having a chat about those as well as looking ahead to the semi-finals and speaking to a man who will be looking forward to playing in one of those in Nice this weekend. How's things with you two, first of all, though, Benji? Have you graduated again? Since we last spoke, or what's been going on? How many degrees? Mate, it's easy. I've, I graduated after matriculation. <laughs> and I consider that, that was that was me. That was it. And that was two and a half years ago now. So no, no, we finally got got to do the the real shebang, the um, the real actual thing, which was, yeah, it was good fun, but it wasn't as fun because long story short, you don't graduate with the people around you who graduate with your college. And because I was a naughty, naughty student, I haven't been spending much time in my college, to be totally honest. And so I barely knew the people. But listen, it's still a great occasion to go to a fantastic city, have a few pints, and I've got a piece of paper now. So it's done and dusted and yes, finally done. Look like some pretty smart buildings you're in as well. Oh, it's proper. You know, the sort of the Ratcliffe Library, which is like the, you know, the traditional one that's on all the postcards and stuff, where there's a Sheldonian, which is like a real typical monument opposite from that and people if you're in oxford and walk around that's where the ceremony is and you really like it's the da vinci code you know it's that type of of stuff that you're going through and it's pretty special it sounds like it there were so many words in there johnny that i didn't understand all i got <laughs> all i got was angels and demons da vinci code. I, li- I like those books they were good well, you should, I, I i witnessed the, the most um thug life sort of type of moment though when at the, all the the whole ceremony is in Latin, right? And they tell you before this. So as soon as he goes this, you need to bow to this guy, bow to that guy. And then he said something, you need to repeat it. I can't remember what do we need to repeat. I was just going, blah, 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 blah. and um, and they, all the, the ceremony is in Latin. So they just stand up and they're reading registry. So that the people who, you know, the proctors and the people who actually give you the, the diplomas. Universitatas. You know, I remember that he said universitatas a couple of times. And, but they're obviously oh, reading and this guy. Right. And then this one guy stands up. And he's got something in front of him and he puts it down and he starts speaking fluent Latin to everyone. Else like that is proper gangster style rolling and, you know, dropping my Latin. He could have dropped the mic at the end when he was done. It would have been the same attitude and he, and he smashed it. So I was different, different universe, different ecosystem. There's different levels of gangster. That's Oxford gangster. That's what that is. Benji. <laughs> yeah. 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 Correct. How about you, Johnny? How's the hospital gangster? 
I made it was completely non-gangster. I was up in Paris uh, doing the barrage games for Premier Sports. So I had a long weekend to myself in Paris, which actually I got some recommendations from Finn. He gave me a couple of sites to go and have a couple of terraces, a couple of beers by myself during the day when I had the days to fill. Um, so I had quite a nice little time to myself. Um, my missus didn't see it that way back home with the kids. She was the... <laughs> the Hossegor gangster this weekend. Um, but no, enjoyed the rugby, enjoyed being up in Paris, looking forward to next weekend, getting down to Nice and doing those games at the stadium. And yeah, really excited for it. It's kicking off. Like some of the rugby was phenomenal, but yeah, definitely enjoyed a sneaky weekend away. Also, again, like Benji, you mentioned different places and play, like we've never really visited Paris. We've been up to play a million times with Scotland or with other teams in the top 14, but I've never really seen the town. So it was cool just to take myself for a walk. Like I had a hotel that was an hour away from the centre. So walked up to... Eiffel Tower, went to a place called Giraffe, this awesome little terrace, sat up and had lunch by myself and just took it all in. And he wasn't on the pitch, so was Finn with you? No. So he, well, again, obviously now that season finished, but he he was touch and go whether he was going to play. They wanted to give him another week. So if they'd made it through to the semis, he would have played next week. Um, and also Antoine Gibert, who probably would have been started, was out with a hand injury. I'm not sure if you saw when he came on, like his hand looked absolutely in pieces. So it was Vola Vola that started. But to get back to your point, Finn and the guys had to go down. I think they either flew or got the train down Sunday morning. So the plan was to possibly meet up, have lunch. But it didn't quite happen because he um, it was one of those ones that you couldn't get out of. It was a compulsory, have to go and support the team. He didn't want to have lunch with me. He wanted to go and support his team. So he did. <laughs> and yeah, disappointing for them, obviously. And for him on a personal note, that's the season finished. I don't think he'll be summer touring either. Um, so just rehabbing. And I think they'll look to come back next season a little bit stronger because they were disappointing. We'll come on to that one in a second. But Benji, La Rochelle got a couple of late tries against Toulouse. But Toulouse were convincing winners, weren't they? So And they seem to have the edge over La Rochelle, don't they? Yeah, especially in the first half. I think they... I mean, look, look, when Toulouse are on fire, they're no fun. They had a, a bit of chipping on their shoulder, especially beginning before the game. You could tell, you know, in the press, the players were like, yes, of course, it's it's a big, heavy, what is it, what heavy hitter uh, encounter with a bit of European taste. When they say that, they say everything, right? They say, we still have some, some, we have some beef with these guys and we're very, very jealous that they, that they, that they won the, the Champions Cup next uh, couple of weeks ago. Now, they've been in those shoes all day long. I think Toulouse love nothing more than to, to call themselves outsiders all the time. And whenever somebody comes, they're always praising, oh, Castro number one, Castro untouchable, cast this, cast that. You'll see that's what they will be speaking about. And that's what they did with La Rochelle. But the reality is if you press pause and you look at the game, first 40 minutes, La Rochelle don't even touch the ground. They're getting blown away. But after that, and you can't really blame them. I mean, when I'm looking at the, the, the those games are, 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 are tough. And even the second half, Greg Aldrit was leading the charge and playing well and going for it. And you're like, how many times do you have to do this this season? Oh. It's a lot of minutes. It's a lot. And, you know, for the French team and some high pressure games, I, st- I was still exhausted just looking at thinking of his performance in the Champions Cup final against Leinster. <laughs> where he was just a monster of a kid. And so I think they they hit their limits. Uh, things just didn't click. A hungrier team, you know, you would get the, the easy bounce, you get the easy turnovers, you got those things. And, and Toulouse were the better side. However, however crazy that is, if he kicks the conversion four seconds faster, you have one more phase of play. They're within what? Within four points or something like that? There's a chance, yeah. So, so there, there's a chance. And out of relatively nowhere. So a, a bit crazy... A bit sour, I'm guessing, for La Rochelle because they didn't show the same attitude that they had against Leinster. However, if you look at the game, Toulouse are a dominant team, deserve to go through, definitely a force to reckon with. They're, they're, they're peed off. And they were hungry, but they were well-rested as well, Johnny. 
Yeah, but I, I think wrestler or not, the, the disappointing piece for Ronan O'Gara was was the manner of it. Like to have the team perform the way they did against Leinster and to dominate them and, and to dominate proceedings and knock them over and become European champions, get that first star on their jersey, and then to produce what they did in Toulouse. Like that will be the bitter, the bitter bit to swallow. And he won't understand that as a coach. Is how how can this group be capable of going to a European final, becoming kings of Europe, celebrating like that, and then just not showing up? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Toulouse were fantastic. F- physically, they were absolutely superb. The gain line, they bossed it. But La Rochelle, as the team collectively, it was sort of one after the other, even in defense, they didn't know if they were coming up or coming down. That they forgot they were a team. It was really bizarre to watch. And I think that'll be the hard piece for Ronan and his, his coaching staff to digest afterwards. And no cohesion and, and individuality that came out where they've been so good and so structured as a team all year. That's what makes them fantastic alongside the physicality and the set pieces that when they get into multi-phase attack and defence, they're superb. Um, but as I mentioned, like Toulouse were superb. The way they blitzed off the line, they completely nullified Skelton Antonio. They couldn't get any go-forward ball and therefore they were just going backwards. And when Toulouse did get their hands on the ball, like Movaka, how he sets up Anton Dupont's first try, like the ability to blend the power and the strength they have with the sort of rugby IQ, the knowing where they are, where their support lines are, the offloads. Like, I'm not sure if you saw as well the second try where they essentially run like a three, three scissors in the backfield. Like any other coach would be ripping their hair out and saying, you can't do that. But to lose, it's to lose doing to lose things. And it just sticks and it comes off. The other side of that for Ronan is, that's happening and your defense is all over the place. Like you should just come up as a line and shut it down, but they didn't. Guilty of overfolding and just trying too hard in isolation in ones and twos. And that was the story of the game. Toulouse at home, far too strong, fired up, as Benji mentioned, defensively on top. And La Rochelle just didn't have the answers. Um, and, and that's what's bizarre. They've been so good all year, but in that barrage, they were very, very poor. And, and it was Ronan that used the word. He said, la honte, c'était honteux. It was shameful. That was how he described it. Those last two tries... You mentioned Benji got them close towards the end, but over the piece, they'll be really disappointed how they finished their year. And the other game between Bordeaux and Racing was tight for a while, but Bordeaux blew it wide open after halftime. And they three tries in about a quarter of an hour after halftime, Benji? Yeah, I think if people need to understand how much emotion gets gets into those games, and well, I'm sure we'll speak about it in, in length afterwards, but that's why I'm, I'm saying Toulouse were peed off. I don't think the quality of rugby was actually really there. Yes, you had some brilliance no. in the tries, but overall there was a huge amount of, uh, how do you say, dishe. Drop balls, handling errors. Yeah. yeah, just inaccuracies everywhere. It, was just, it wasn't particularly tidy, but that's what top 14 is. You, when, you, when you hear fast finale, when you hear knockout rugby in France, it really has a different taste, a different smell about it. And I always remember my, my young coach, we, I, I, as a 14-year-old or whatever, 15-year-old, he would grab a bit of grass. He would get all the boys to smell it. Tu sens là? Tu sens? Ça sent les phases finales. It smells like knockout rugby. And yeah, you know, you knew you knew what you were doing when when that war was about. It's something undescribable, completely ir- irrational. Probably, probably slightly stupid, slightly bonkers. But that's what the, that's the, the beauty of it. So, so Bordeaux wanted it more. That's my long explanation to say that I think Bordeaux was a bit more pissed off. Racing, they just I think something's broken a bit. I think they're either tired, the lack of of power that they can't rely on uh, when when the shit hits the fan, and they'll be they'll be disappointed with that. And remember, we had this conversation about how Yannick Nyonga told me that they build the team for their synthetic pitch and for European rugby. Well, at the end of the season, when everybody's knackered and then you have you don't have the particular size that you're trying to to get uh, or to compensate that that lack of fitness and speed, then it, it doesn't pay off. 
So Bordeaux were pissed off. They went through. I still don't think they're not performing like they were six, still six months ago. Toulouse are definitely not performing like they were four months ago. But as soon as they switch it on, they're untouchable. Cast Montpellier, it's 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 going to be random. It's going to be random. It's going to be proper, super physical, uh, bruising encounters. But I have actually no clue who's going to go through. Mate, the weird thing is though, like that, I completely agree. Like the blood, the guts, the desire is there from every side, but it's the control and the fluidity of how do you get that blend of actually playing a rugby that we've played all year whilst being abrasive and physical and bossing it. And like weirdly, the, the first half of Bordeaux Racing was exactly how you described. A bloodbath, knock-ons, people just taking the ball and running as hard as they could. The physicality and the attrition was ridiculous, but there was just no cohesion to anything. There was no team aspect to any rugby. The one team that managed to change at halftime was Bordeaux. They came out, they found how they wanted to play. Mathieu Jalibert, Maxime Lucu, the leaders stood up after being massively criticised last week by Urios. And they found their shape. And I think that's the blend that all these teams, like you mentioned, the passion and the desire and the physicality that has to come in knockout rugby. But who can also do that whilst keeping a little bit of shape by applying pressure permanently, by not knocking on the ball with stupid things and just getting, you know, rush of blood to the head. And that's, that's what Bordeaux did. Like, I would say the one team... And Benji, like we've both been there, that always comes good at knockout rugby because it's that type of rugby is cast because it's limited, because it's passion, because it doesn't rely on anything else. It just requires passion and heart and a massive fan base behind you. Like if it goes to that, cast could go on and win this after being, you know, finishing top of the tree with a points difference of 39 points, like not fantastic rugby, but just winning games by blitzing people. Whereas if a Bordeaux turn up to play and they play the way they played in the second half when they went up two or three gears and Racing couldn't live with them, they could go on and win it. As good to lose. If, if they managed to find that blend with the power, the pace, and also the shape that they have to the way they, they play as a team, they could blitz the other sides off the field. I worry for Castle Montpellier next week. I'm sure we'll get onto that in a minute as well. But Bordeaux, and you mentioned it, Benji, like Racing are set up to play a speedy game on a synthetic pitch. When you're playing away in Bordeaux, and you're coming into our guest who was freakish, the physicality he brought when you're running into Paeva, when you're running into the pack. I mean, they were just brutal. But the blend, once that pack provides a platform and you give the ball to Luku, to Jalibert, who put you in the right areas of the field, gain you that territory, keep a cool head, and then give launch play to get you on the front foot and create havoc, they were exceptional. And, and that's the difference. The second half, just coming together at halftime, having a little word, right, boys, passion's there but how can we do this a little bit better and that's where I feel if one team mentally and that's where knockout rugby so much is mental as well in the top 14 as you mentioned whoever mentally can take these games by the scruff of the neck whilst having that physicality will go on a win next week so huge games of rugby we've lost La Rochelle and Racing but two massive semis to look forward to now. A lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, Bordeaux did successfully navigate their way through the barrage and into a second successive top 14 semi-final. And we can have a chat now with their Australian second row, Kane Douglas. How you doing? Hey, good. Thanks, guys. How are you? We're good. There was a lot said in the build-up to that game and you were a couple of points down at halftime even. So you took the game away from them at the start of the second half. What was said at halftime and who said it? Uh, well, sometimes it's it's good and bad that I can't understand everything. So it's um, <laughs> I think that from the gist I got, he was quite positive where a few games this year with um, Christoph's probably like, you know, it's been a draw or we're just losing at halftime. He's pretty negative. And uh, I think sometimes the boys um, drop their heads a bit. But, um, but yeah, he was, he, was quite, he was quite positive. And um, we all still knew we, we, were, we were pretty good. We, we knew, like, I feel a few times we played wrestling and they've, they've sort of got a bit fatigued at the second half. And I was like, Everyone was getting fatigued. It was bloody hot. And it was a it was a tough game, but um, yeah, I think we just knew we had the legs to to kick on. I mean, this week you've got a six day turnaround, massive week ahead of you. It was your hundredth at the weekend. Did you manage to celebrate with a quiet beer with the boys, or was it all focused the next week? Um, we had a little midweek barbecue, but it wasn't for wasn't celebrating the hundredth at all. Um, and then I bloody I got um, I had to do a drug test last night, so I was like, <laughs> I bloody blew everything out of the like. I couldn't do anything. My missus and kids and um, some friends and stuff were waiting at the, the aftermatch function. I I came out and it was already finished because I I couldn't pee for a while. And um, there was a few other boys waiting uh, waiting for a test, so I um, yeah, I ended up like missing everything. So I've I had a couple of beers in the waiting for the drug test. <laughs> that was about it. It's actually the first time I've got tested in, in France. So it's, I feel like I used to get tested all the time when I was, but. Yeah, it's sort of been good that I haven't, but oh, yeah, it, was, it took a while last month. I was just telling the boys, so the whole mindset of this fast finale thing, there's a, people need to have a taste of what it is. And I'm not talking only about Christophe, but just in general. Like I was telling the boys, when I was 15, like the, the my coach, you know, would rip a little bit of, of grass off the pitch and he would make every, all the forwards smell it. He said, si, ça sent, ça sent les phases finales. You could tell it like it smells something different, right? There's a different <laughs> atmosphere. It's just, there's an animal side to it that needs to be brought forward. Any excuses will be used, you know, to point out the opposition. Any excuse will be used at, at getting some animosity out. So of 
course, yes, there's this, this something that sort of belongs to Bodo, how he sort of bollocked and, and threw some names out there. Did he do it on purpose because it's final? Was it useful? Was it this? Was it that? I don't know. All I know is you've been you've been around for the last couple of years now, so you can tell there's a proper mind shift as soon as the f- bloody fast final arrive in France. And it's like animal rugby is back on the table, right? Is There's a stake in the middle. Who's going to jump on it and eat, eat it all, all in one gulp? And um, so just w- walk to us through, you know, a t- 40 is already tough, but how do you how do you feel the change and the shift in gears in terms of emotions as soon as it's knockout rugby that rocks up? Oh, definitely. Like, uh, we actually we actually said to ourselves before the Perpignan game, like if we offered, obviously if we had a one that game, it would have been straight into the semi. And um, and the boys were oh, like Christoph was saying, well, this is our quarterfinal. Like we need to win this. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like our team goes better against those bigger those bigger teams anyway. Like I, I feel like we we um, we shot ourselves in the foot last week against Perpignan. We didn't we sort of just prepare or we weren't ready to be physical and um, and then this week because of that he Christoph cracked the shits and like I didn't I didn't understand everything that was said in the media, but um, it was sort of like. The boy, we had a meeting and the boys said it was just players meeting like a, um, because Christoph said we're not doing any meetings until Friday. So he, he normally is very prepared and you have your, your meetings and he sticks to like this is what this week is, um, this is what Racing do, like, and he sticks to the same theme the whole week. But this week he's like, no, nah, we're not doing meetings. Um, you put like a the, – the gist I got was that like it's the, – the coaches did a good job in preparation for the Perpignan and we, we played shit. And um, he threw a few names under the bus, and then, um, and then the sort of you know the leaders in the group, um, Max Luku, um, Mama, a couple of old heads, um, Francois and, and, and Louis, and that they said like, um, we don't agree with what he said. We don't we don't agree with what he said in the media. Um, like you guys are you guys like our, our best players, and we need you to be confident and, and raring to go come come Sunday. So. Um, yeah, like Christoph actually didn't say too much this week, which was um, yeah, like I get like he it's it's finals footy and and that, but we um I think it was it was very player driven this week and and I think we know when you when you're playing those big teams, we can actually get up for the game. Where sometimes like we, we've had a few losses this year, we lost to Buritz first round in Buritz, we lost to Perpignan in Perpignan, like games that we we should have won, and then yeah, and then you roll out a, a good racing team, we. And we, we can do them like we, we know we can. So yeah, it was a it was a different week because it was yeah it was all player driven player meetings. But um, but yeah, like it was the boys ripped in last night. That's a massive risk taken by Christoph. And again, having been coached by him, he's never done that. And I can't get my I can't decide if that's petulance by him, and he shit the bed. But basically, to rip the coaching book up and say actually, boys, fuck it, just go and do it yourselves in a quarter final week is insane. Like there yeah. aren't many coaches. That, it was a big gamble, and it's paid off. But again, you've mentioned the senior players like Francois Tranduk, who Benji and I both played with. Like great guy, leader, coming to the end of his career, bringing people with him. But to put that amount of pressure on guys like Cameron Walkie, and I get he's international, he's playing phenomenally well. To put that pressure on Mathieu Jalibert, who again is coming back from a four-month injury, is huge. And I'm not sure he understands to basically, almost essentially, isolate yourself from the playing group and turn your back on them was a huge risk and and so again what are the types of conversations going on internally I, I know you maybe won't understand everything but it's a huge yeah. risk but from him and again the perception is is he aiming to isolate himself is it this is now a massive gambling 
like it's, it's paid off, but it could have been a disaster. And like, what would it, what would have happened if you'd lost that game? If he'd basically just said, right, boys, fuck it, go and do whatever you want until Friday. Like, it's ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm glad we, we're not in that situation. But, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like normally he's very, um, he's very planned out. So I don't know if it was like, I feel like all most of his decisions throughout the, the last few years that I've been here is like, um, if everything's going well, he'll he'll make you he'll make you feel like you like it's not all going well, and like he, I feel like he's like he's read a manual on like what you should do, and so I don't know. I don't know if he's sort of freestyled it or that was like that was just another another thing you could do to to make the boys sort of think and do it do it ourselves. I'm not sure like whether it was his plan or not, but um, but yeah, it was very risky, and but yeah, like it's 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 good we got we got the result and. It'd be interesting to see if he keeps on going this week, right? If he, if he doubles up and goes again and, you know, steps back, I would be super surprised. But, yes, if, yeah. but if he does, you know, it'd be good. It could, but, you know, just uh, you mentioned just usually that you went for dinner and stuff with the boys. I remember that with Stade Francais, there was a tradition. All the fours would go for dinners on the Thursday before final. And the menu, mate, was foie gras poilé with bananas and stuff. And I think they made yes. it the heaviest, thickest, proper four is orientated thing because the idea was to say as long as you do it together nothing can break you right yeah. as long as long as you 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 take even if you take that risk together nothing can break you that is probably what was in christopher's mind yes the risk is, the risk is huge but w- what's the difference if you don't create that electroshock and they you know play 50 50 whatever happens you're going to lose you might as well go full tilt and press trust the leaders he, he's he's pointing at Mathieu Jalibert and Cameron Wokey. He's not pointing at, you know, the little sixth division sort of back row and number 10. They're like world-class talent now. And yeah. they, he knows that they've got the brains or the, the the balls to back it up, basically. And to add to that, the balls to back it up, but then the next stage is the personal relationship piece, right? So you've got Mathieu Jalibert saying after the game, you know, just to make it clear, on Canal Plus, just to make it clear, we don't play for Christoph. We're playing yeah. for the team and the club and ourselves. You're like, oh shit! Like, so how much of the like, you don't, you just don't know like how much players are willing to take in, t- in terms of that public criticism. And I mean, absolutely right. You could try and get people fired up, but I guess there's a way of communicating, there's a way of nudging people, there's a way of probing and managing people, and and that's the how much of the personal relationship for these guys now is broken. And Christoph said afterwards, look. I'm the boss. I decide if I want to speak, I speak. If other people want to speak, they can go elsewhere or I'll leave. Like, she knows it's high tension stuff. So it's just, a, again, reading between the lines of language barrier. How much of that did you see during the week in the buildup? A lot or not really? And do you think after the win, relations will be mended and it'll all be fine? Or do you think it's going to be longer lasting issues? Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, I, I probably... I, I like that I can't read everything and I, I don't and I don't and I don't like reading into the media stuff. So I um yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like at the end of the day that he's the coach, he's not the mate. But um with most things for me with, with Christoph, everything's been quite honest. But um but yeah, I just don't know if whether it's whether it's true or not, whether you whether you throw someone on the bus like that, like with the translation I got, I got from other boys because I didn't, I didn't read it myself. But yeah, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope it, I hope it, um, it doesn't cause any friction. But and 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 we do have, we do have all our meetings this week. I've checked the planning. We do have our. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Report back after that. But Cameron Wocky, as well as the celebration, he sort of said there was no smiles in training last week. I know it's serious. It's the it's the fast finale, as Benji says. But was it a abnormally tense week but yeah i don't know like there apparently there was a 
there was a some someone uh, I probably shouldn't say who, but someone said something to um, Nans and Doobie to um, to rein it in a bit with the with the comedy and the Instagrams a bit. So um, someone quite high in the organisation, and um, and yeah, like there was the there was the like no joking at training comment from Christoph and, and things like that, but. I find you you got to find funniness and everything. You, you can't just be a boring side like and and, I, and if he had to go at me for smiling or, or joking, like I'd just say that I didn't understand him anyway. So like, um, <laughs> mate, you're in the perfect position. Ignorance is bliss. You can just rock up and smoke people yeah, and worry about it. your game. <laughs> you have got quite a lot of jokers in the squad, haven't you? So it, it is about finding that fine balance. And Matty Jalabe might not be a massive joker, but he's certainly a relaxed character yeah. which is obviously pretty different to what we see of Christopher Urias anyway so aside from this week which hopefully will blow over and they'll kiss and make up how's their relationship normally because they are different characters I think it's good like like he's he's a young tan who's who's playing to nationals who you know like that can sometimes get to your head a bit and you get a bit of an ego and and I like maybe he's had that in the last couple of years but I feel like that's that's sort of come down a bit yeah, like uh, he's his own person. He's he is different. He um, he is quite relaxed. But um, yeah, well, we just need him to be confident. So um, whatever, whatever the whatever we can do to help that, and like uh, I hope, um, yeah, like what, what happens with Christoph and him this week, it can he can stay he can stay confident because he's he plays well when he's bloody confident. So uh, and we need him to be at his best. So we'll see, but. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it'll be fine at the end of the day. I think they'll, they'll work it out, mate. In any case, it was like a real team performance. Like as a unit, you were absolutely awesome. Whereas Racing were sort of ones and twos and not really collective. So maybe it was the shock you needed. But when you look back at that game, how happy were you with the performance generally across the board? Because it was comprehensive for most areas, dominant. We we probably lost a couple of lineouts early and, and things like that. But yeah, like. Uh, I feel like when we when we work hard together, um, like a, th- those type of wins like that are, are the best ones. Whether whether you um, the ones where you feel bloody sore at the end of the game, and and I was like, I, I know there's a few kicks that got put in that I was like, oh, I don't want to chase this. Like it's like another 40, <laughs> 40 meters I got to run. Like it's just like, um, but yeah, like f- the feeling you get winning winning those type of games where it's bloody hard is the best. Um, but yeah, we we were we were pretty tight, and I, I think the the boys want to want to do a few things this week to um, have a few more meals together, and we're going to go away Thursday before the game. So um, there's a, another couple of chances for that. So yeah, that's that's all we can do, and it's and it's normally those teams that that do stick together and, and love each other's company that that do well. Like, did you feel like you were? pretty much back to your best because the first half of the season went so well you were playing such good rugby and then I mean it, it was probably combined with the absence of Jalabert but you lost sort of 10 or 13 going into the barrage so uh, could you put your finger on what was going wrong and did it feel like it was corrected? Yeah like there's a, there was a few games we only lost by a couple um, that was actually probably good that we you know we still got that bonus point loss but such a long season over here. It's hard too. Like you, you have your peaks and your troughs, and um, but there was a there was a quite a big trough there. We lost, I think we lost five or six in a row at home. So um, and we we did we actually did quite well away. We have I think we had the best record in France for um, away wins this year. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, like you, you lose jelly bears, you lose your um, guidos out for a bit, like those walking that are away with the French team. It's yeah, it is pretty tough. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think we are. I think we are a tight group, and we are back to back to our best. And we, we know we can do it. We just gotta just we just need to do it. And you mentioned a couple of legends that are bowing out at the end of the season: Louis Picamore, Francois Tranduc. Has there been mention of actually winning something and sending these guys off on a massive high as well? Because they're such a big impact on a change room and such good blokes. Yeah, no, there's been chat every week, probably the last four or five weeks about that. So we, um, you know, every well, like in a little team huddle at the end of the training after the coaches walk away, there's there's chat like we want to do it for Louis and Francois, and um, and I, I actually, I actually cleaned Louis out of training about four or five weeks ago when he was. And well, I don't know if there was someone else involved as well. I don't know, but I felt so shit for the rest of training. It was like it, it was a Tuesday hour, and it just got a bit too heated. And um, and Louis was just stealing ball the whole training session. I just I just went a little bit harder, but I think there was someone else involved as well. And Louis just hit the ground, and he's like swearing, and I was I was feeling so shit. And uh, you know the feeling of like maybe I'll bloody cost this guy the he might not play again. Like if we if we don't make the finals, or we or he's or he's done his knee. So um, yeah, like it's good to see him back. And and there is there is chat every week to let's do it for these guys. And and Louis even came away with us the last couple of games. He was um, Christoph said he was a, a demi coach. So the boys were sort of giving him shit that he was maybe on the coaches WhatsApp group <laughs> as well. But yeah, like it's those guys like they're. We, we all look up to them. They've got everything they say. You listen, like, yeah. And, yeah, like, it would be awesome to send them off send them off with a, with a title. And a word on Cameron Wockey, because we mentioned him a couple of times already. He was called out by Christoph the week before the barrage. He started playing second row for France now, but he's very much a back row for you guys. So I'm interested. Have you taught him everything he knows about playing second row, or have you told him to <laughs> stick to back row? Because that's your uh. shit. No, like I'm, I'm glad that he doesn't play second row for us because I'd probably not be out of the spot. But um, but yeah, like no, I don't know. He's and yeah, maybe the the French coach tells him what he needs to do. But I feel like when he, when you watch him play for France, he still plays his own game. He he's just probably got to stay in the middle of the field. But yeah, I don't know. He's a, he's a freak. Like he's really strong. He's not. He doesn't go in the gym and lift lots of weights or anything. And um, but he's but he's like physically. Like you look at his body. He's an absolute specimen. Um, big pins on him, and um, and he's like got the biggest, you know, the CMJ, the big the the jump test. He's like he's miles ahead of everyone. Um, he's got he has got long arms, but he's pretty springy. He's he's a he's a freak, and and I, like he, I feel like he, he lives to another level when he plays in France too. Like yeah, um, as like as some guys do. Like yeah, it wouldn't yeah it wouldn't matter who he plays for, he he'd kill it. Um, I'm envious of his um, of his raw talent, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's in the back row for us because it leaves me with a spot. I mean, with that spot now, hundred caps for the club, which must be a pretty cool milestone. Um, and this is now your fourth semi. What did hundred caps for Bordeaux mean to you? And what do you need to get over the next hurdle, make it to the final, and win this thing? Getting to hundred means a lot because um, there's guys that have been here for for like um, eight years, nine years, who still haven't got there. So it's um, off path. Like, you know, to average 25 a year and, and especially with that COVID year as well, like I only played 20, 21 games that year. So it's, 
it's pretty cool that it's happened so quickly. Um, and like it's, you know, every every year gets easier in France. Like you, you know where things are. You can speak more, and you. So I feel like I am. I've moved to a to the south of border south of Bordeaux in a little cool little village, and it's um, it's pretty cool. I, I, I walk the kids to school, and you say hello to everyone, and and I feel like the, the more I've played, and the people see me on TV every week playing, and um, like I, I I feel like I'm at home, and it's so I feel like I've been. Um, I'm quite invested in the area, so like uh, it's a it's a good feeling to to have done that. And people people like even I was I was picking the kids up from school today, and there's mums and dads coming over. Good game and congrats and um, so that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Um, and then yeah, so we've been this is a second semi final top fourteen, but yeah, we we had two semi finals in the in Europe as well. So um, yeah, like I, I think we've you know you, they they say you've got to lose one to win one, so we. Um, we've lost a couple now, so we'll, um, I think we're, we're ready to go for this weekend, or we will be um, come the game. But um, yeah, like we, we just need to we need to do the same. Like Montpellier's got a, a big forward pack, so that's where it's going to be won. Um, we, like we know we've got the the backs to do it, but if we don't muscle up, like we we you can't get the job done in top fourteen against anyone really if you don't muscle up. So um, that'll be us. So we just need to yeah stick together. Hopefully the the other stuff that was had, had that happened last week and they can sort of all be brushed to the side and we can just get on with it. But um, I don't want to have my holidays yet, so I'm I'm pretty keen to to keep going. And it's a long season, but um, there what's what's two more weeks? Plenty of rest this week, Benji. You said it before. It's always a scrap in the playoffs, but Montpellier, Bordeaux, some of the units on show. It's going to be a scrap this weekend. Ah, oh, it's definitely going to be an extremely scrappy thing. I've <sighs> Yo, everybody's always saying, oh, you know, you could go straight to the semis and stuff. Number of time, mate, have a look at the history books. The number of time where the team who just scraps a last away victory to sneak into top six, wins away, ends up the winning the, 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 the massive thing is just huge. So that week of break, everybody thinks it's a lifesaver. Sometimes it will kill you because you just catch you off pace. And yes, you don't want to have three injuries, you know, in a barrage and then you're missing out with top players. Of course you don't. Of course, everybody would rather have a week off. Look, everybody melt each other in front of your TV and then meet them in the semi. How many teams did we see being caught in the semi, being rested with all their internationals just off pace? And it happens absolutely every year, all the time. And so with your personal story, with the whole Urios thing, he just chucked a little bit of oil on the fire with the, the uh, Francois and the Lulu Picamol stopping end of the season. I mean, obviously you only have been here for a while, but they, they are, they, they, they are, how do you say that? They're monsters of generations that, that 95, 96 generations will be forever sort of uh, embedded with those two names uh, because they were also... Well, Francois Trinduc was a 10 when they won the Grand Slam 2010, but they're also that new generation of players just coming through and killing it. And Lulu Picamol, like you said, is a bit of a freak who, who was worldwide known in a moment where the French era was desperately lacking for some uh, worldly renowned players. You know, in, in the world, not a lot of people knew about anybody, but Lulu Picamol, oof, oh yeah, 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 I remember that one. So so no, I think I think you, you might just catch them off guard. It's gonna be it's gonna be one hell of a battle. I, am, I think the your coach might, might 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 be playing it extremely French, but probably extremely well. You know, <laughs> it's a risky one, but it's I like it. I kind of like it. I mean, it's, he's playing it the, the way that the, the French top footy is meant to be played, the proper fashionable way. And apart from the physical side of things, obviously we're chatting very early on in the week. 
meetings to come. You'll know more later in the week. But from your perspective, how do you see it tactically against Montpellier? Um, oh, good question. Um, yeah, like I, I just think shutting down their their big their big second rowers like um, and and Zach Mercer and stuff, getting his hands free. Like that's that's where their game is. You know, those little offloads, the around the ruck type of stuff. So yeah, I think I think for us that'll be the that'll be the one. It'd be good to get our, our mall going, um, and and like from a forwards point of view. But I, but I think we've we've got the backs to do it. Like you, you give the ball to Yoram and and, and um, UJ, um, and like our wingers. Like if we can if we can give them good front foot football, um, that'll be the way to win. I think so. Quite quite a simple generic rugby sort of. You say keeping it simple, but you mentioned also stopping their big locks. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but Vilems is out for He's the season, right? Injured, yeah. But but there's this big big fella called Chaluro, right? Who's from Toulouse, that big unit with the helmet. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sure you've got him, right? You you've got him in, in your bullseye. But how do you shut an opposition of the lock? I mean, you might you just catch him on a driving mall and try trying to break him in pieces. But what else? What else is in the in the tricks books of the old fella? No, I don't know. I feel like you know, like before we played um, Bernard the Leroux on the weekend, like you see him every ruck. He's trying to the the game before he played Toulon, like he's um, cleaning out from on the side there, just like getting someone on the ground, like you know, being that niggle and and it's things you can get away with, like uh, within so playing within the rules, like and you just got to be ready. You got to be ready for that, but you've also you need to push the limits too without um, without getting your team penalised and getting any cards but like from a second row that's like sometimes I, like, I feel like I had a meeting with Christoph a few weeks ago and um, some of the games I've played middle of the season I feel like you know you look at the end of the game and you go oh, I didn't really do anything wrong um, but maybe like I could have gone and looked for more work so that's the the little stuff you see those those good locks do just being niggly just looking for work looking for it you need to go search and if you don't you yeah, you can stay in the system and go, oh, I didn't knock the ball on, I didn't miss the tackle, but, like, you need to be a presence. You need to – so um, I, I like those type of games when you finish the game and go, oh, bloody smashed that guy or I ran into that guy. Like, even if you, even if it's not the perfect technique, you know, you just go, I'm just going to car crash this guy. Or, um, as long as you do it legally, but um, yeah, that's, that's the plan for me, I think. Thanks so much for coming on, Kane. Massive good luck this weekend and hopefully you'll see a bit more of your coach this week and it'll be all smiles and training. <laughs> <laughs> uh, won't, be a, won't be a funeral tomorrow anyway. First day back at training. Be, be right. <laughs> Cheers, Kane. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Catch your niece, mate. See you down there. Cheers, guys. Bye. Very interesting. Kane, je ne sais pas, je ne comprends pas. I don't know about you. Benji's different for you because you're French, but I think sometimes ignorance is bliss like sometimes when you're just thinking about your job and doing well because that's what he's been doing he has been awesome to watch on the field like he's one of the best second rows in the top 14 but sometimes the off-field stuff the media the distraction the sort of circus element sometimes it's best just to park it and not not watch it not read it and if you can't read rugby rama or media olympique because you don't read french it's maybe a blessing. Well, all I know is that Bastien Chalureau better put, you know, double sets of shoulder pads or triple sets of headgears because every rock is going to try car crashing into him. That's that's what I heard. Um, no, man, I, th- 
I think the team is 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 rich when when it's diverse, right? So you need the angry Mathieu Jalibert who's going to get picked on and stand up. And I think Louis Picamon, I know for a fact because I've been in teams with him, he is the guy that you want in, in your change room when stuff like that happens because he's the guy who's got a big sack of nuts and will stand up and be right. This is not acceptable. And there's nothing better than a teammate standing up for you. There's nothing better than a young Cameron Voki and a young Mathieu Jalibert, however good they are, to be backed by the old dogs who are like, boys, listen, exactly what he said, you're top players. We trust you. If he wants to bollock you, that's his problem. We trust you. We need you. Let's do this together. Right? That's the ideal motivation that's, that's, that's behind it. And that, that's extremely useful. So I think they will use that. They will go through it. And if, if Kane doesn't understand everything, he'll just go about his job. And that's diversity of profile is what you need. The brain, the reactive, but also just the, how do you say that? The piano pushers, you know, let me do the thinking, you do the pushing and the car crashing, and I'll do the rest. And Christopher Urias, the man behind this storm, whether it's a media storm, a real storm, whether it's a masterstroke, a mistake, Johnny, you know him. You mentioned with Kane there, he's not done this kind of thing before. It's a big risk at this time of the season, but it's easy to forget that he arrived in 2019 and Bordeaux had finished 11th, 10th a couple of times before that. Oh, All of a sudden same. they're making semi-finals. He's done a hell of a job so he can afford to risk it. Well, well yes and no. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he, he's superb and he was great to work with. He was fantastic with me as well. I love playing for him. You look back at the, the job he did at Oyonnax. Like he took Oyonnax from Pro de Deux to Champions Cup Rugby with a shoestring budget, like nothing there. Like that is like waving a wand type stuff. Then with Cast again, came to us I think we were 12th, like we just missed relegation straight back into top six. So like, don't get me wrong, the rugby, the template, the culture, the environment these sets is top class. It's one of the best that I experienced in France and I really enjoyed him as a coach, but not speaking to your players until Friday before a quarterfinals, a different kettle of fish. Like I've never heard that before. And I still can't decide if it was a master stroke or if again, in the terms of manipulation in the background stuff, if he didn't have the Francois Tranduc's and the Louis Picamol's in the background to pick everyone up, I'm not sure how it would have went. And I think there's a lot to be said for those experienced guys who would have been heroes for, like Mathieu Jalibert would have looked up to Francois Tanduk as a young kid and watched him play. So I think there's also luck about the makeup of the squad and who they were there, the players they had there to pick the team up after that defeat to Perpignan, which wasn't the end of the world. You know, Perpignan were scrapping for their lives, but it's paid off. There's another week, they're into the semis, another week of rugby, they'll be back to their normal prep. You've got to think relationships are going to be meant or mended during this week. But yeah, it was a huge risk. And I'm not sure many other coaches or any coaches that I've had would have done the same thing. Well, we've spoken about both barrage games now. So it's about time we found out what our meter moment of the week is. What have you got for us, Johnny? It comes from the playoff game, mate. The Ooh. first time that a top 14 side has ever won the playoff game and not lost to a side from Pro De Deux. Perpignan beating Monomarsan at the weekend at Monomarsan where they hadn't lost a game for the entire season, they were unbeaten all year. So USAP staying up, the Catalans making it another year in the top 14, winning that playoff game. Pula Fasalele, Tristan Tedder, and Mathieu Asabez. We saw some of the celebrations after the game, which looked absolutely epic. Um, but for me, the meter moment of the week is them retaining their place in the top 14 after finishing 13th, which has never been done before. A first in top 14 rugby, so well done to them. And they didn't just edge it, Benji. They won it convincingly. Proper. And they won it convincingly after beating Baldo at home. Uh, you know, to make sure that that brave couldn't couldn't turn it well. That's what they thought, but that brave couldn't 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 get them in in a, more trouble. So th- I don't know if you remember, but I think the coach of Perpignan, what's his name, he he came out about you know being particularly pissed off because they thought they did the whole ticket by beating Bordeaux at home, 
And then they were like, right, well, Stade Francais should have a look at, at the way that we play because we play with heart on our sleeves and we play with passion and we play with a bit of self-pride. Uh, and they still backed it up in a really, really complicated way. So, no, I think I think you could have spoken about the general overall performance of Toulouse and the way that they stepped up. You could perform, speak about your meter moment of, of the week is obviously Wookie and Wookie scoring and celebrating on Mathieu Jalibert having the balls to stand up to Christophe at the end. But just for the celebration of Acebes, who I saw at the end, was basically giving the program of Perpignan, saying tonight, <laughs> Perpignan. Tomorrow, Barcelona. Thursday, yes. Friday, Ibiza. Boom! And everybody was super happy. And I know my mate Damien Schuli is going to be absolutely leading the charge for his last minutes as, as a Perpignan player before he becomes, I reckon, a pretty sensational coach. Um, and, and we wish him all the best. I think he, he got a lot of love. A lot of players got a lot of love. I didn't get that much love. Maybe because I wasn't as good as all of them. <laughs> but there's... There's a ton of quality players that are retiring at the end of the season. Max Medard, Joe Tecori, Guillaume Girardot, Louis Picamol, François Trinduc, Damien Chouli is all the way up there with them. Um, a proper legend of a bloke. A super, a lad's lad, right? You always need a lad in the change room who's going to take care of the boys. Social captain by a mile. I think the only the only regret probably in his career is not playing with the, the British Babas. Oh my, he would have fitted like a glove. Is he free this weekend? No, but I don't think so. He's in a pizza, mate. He's in a pizza. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go. Yeah, no, so meet the moment of the week because it's going to be hot, hat in Perpignan, Barcelona, Ibiza and Ibiza again. Well, well deserved. Perpignan played with a big set of cojones and did extremely well to uh, to get themselves out of a very troubled situation because when this new rule was put in place, I was like, there's no chance in the world that the Pro de Deux team who loses the final, who loses, is going to back it up by, you know, beating a top 14 team. And like Johnny said, it's the first time in history that they don't. So it's a, it's, it's a huge, huge victory for Perpignan. There we go. That was Benji and Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer, recently making over 11 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan, and you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus, you can now get 20% off any full price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD20. That's FRENCHPOD20 at checkout, and you'll get 20% off any full price item at meter.com. Right, we'll have a quick look ahead to the top 14 semifinals shortly. But if you need any beers with your meat, we've got some, haven't we, Johnny? We do, mate. And these are now easily my weekday beer. Effectively every single night now, a couple whilst cooking, no hangover is the deal sealer for me. So if you're watching rugby, having a summer barbie, um, this beer is a beer for all occasions and get yourself an order because it's top drawer. Yep, Days is a new breed of alcohol-free beer created for those who want to do more. Proudly brewed in Johnny's native Scotland using locally sourced ingredients, their beers are 0.0% ABV and low calorie. And then our B Corp certified company committing 2% of all sales to charities that empower fresh thinking towards mental health. Breed for good times, good days, and good tomorrows. You can enjoy all the great moments associated with a cold beer just without the side effects. And with over 700 five-star reviews, it tastes great too. So just head over to daysbrewing.com and use the code RugbyPass15 to get 15% off a case. So if the barrage were big, semi-final time. Has to lose. What's happening, Benji? Uh, no, I, I see Toulouse just slipping away with it. Very, very tough encounter. I think the only reason why Toulouse will be will not fall into the trap of of taking them taking it for granted is because it's it's a sort of a derby, right? It's that there's there's about eighty five kilometers between 
between Castres and between Toulouse, it is the big rivalry. Um, it's it's the town against uh, you know against La, La, La Garonne. It's going to be it's going to be a proper monster fight of it. And I know Toulouse for a fact. They will have posters and posters of the official charts. Cast number one. Oh, we're only going to the top of the league. <laughs> we're going to the top of the league. They're much better. They're much better. And they'll play that music all day long. And like they'll get the old recipe book of Guinovis out. And because they're not missing that many players, I just don't see Cast um, being able to to just yeah to take over all that power. However, it's not a convincing victory. It will be a three point victory. But I I see Toulouse winning convincingly, sixteen thirteen. Winning convincingly by three points. Um, <laughs> um, oh, man, I kind of see it the same way. And it goes back to your point that you brought up earlier, Benji. I think it's easier to keep the momentum and have played a game and be in confidence and to have won convincingly. Like both sides that had home barrage won convincingly. They absolutely destroyed the opposition. I think also mentally, that's hard for Cast and for Montpellier sitting at home and watching a side be ultra-dominant against the La Rochelle, for instance, and knowing you've got them next. And I agree, I just think Toulouse, and again, we've already seen Ugo Mola come out and say that we're playing the number one team in the league. This is a massive game for us. It's a big step up. Like They know they're capable of when they want to mix it, when they step up, when it clicks for them, when they get that level of brute physicality with the guile and the organisation that they have, they're as good as anyone in Europe. It hasn't quite clicked for them this year, but they're defending the top 14 title. And I just think, like I've seen the prep as well. I've chatted to mates in the cast camp. It's a huge week for them. The training week they've had as well, the entire town has been out. They've had like training sessions with the entire town there. Like you guys don't understand how many people have been there and how much this means to cast. But I just think Toulouse have that little flick of something extra, that little bit of X factor that maybe will be the difference. That being said, like the cast, the brutality, the love they have for top 14 rugby, if it descends into the bloodbath and just physicality and who wants it more, cast are more than able to, to overturn to lose. And does that mean you're picking Bordeaux to beat Montpellier as well? Not having yeah. had a week off. Yeah, same, the same principle. I just think as well, like Kane talked about the, the, the matchups. I think that Valencia not being there is a massive miss for them. I'm not sure if Mohamed Huas is going to be fit. Kobus Reinach also isn't there. And I just think those are a couple of key positions at knockout time. You need that control with the blend of aggression. Um, so they're a little bit short. That being said, they've been great across the board. Knockout rugby, though, we know Montpellier, they've never quite been to this stage and kicked on and won. Neither of Bordeaux, but for me, I think Bordeaux look more ready, having watched that game against Racing. The way at halftime, they chose to insert their brain back into their skulls and activate. When you look at Luku, Jalibert, Moifana, Soutini, when those guys click after your boys like Kane give them the platform, they are dangerous. And they've been there. And as Kane said, they've been to semis multiple times now. I think this might be their moment to go one step further and reach a final. I, I agree with that. I think a full tilt Montpellier would be would be very problematic. Tiny bit more experience. I think overall, if Bordeaux had lost in the barrage or losing the semi, it would be a super disappointing season for them. How many times have we been speaking about this, right? They were top of the league. When, when was it? Two week, two years ago. Pandemic hits. No more top 14. Blah, 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 blah. You know, up, down, up, down. They feel that they've been robbed a little bit from something. And I think it's, that book is still hasn't been closed completely. Montpellier, listen, let's face it. They, they were delighted to be top of, of the league. They were delighted to... Uh, to, to do well in Challenge Cup last year. And then they got, you know, f- out of nowhere, they got out in, in Champions Cup. And I think they're super happy to be qualified already. If they lose against Bordeaux, it will be d- a big disappointment, don't get me wrong, especially for the boys who stop. But it's still a good season. 
if you, if you press pause and you realize what they've done, it's still a good season. They qualified, they lost in the semi. Yeah, right, right. It's disappointing. It's still a good season. So I have a feeling that they, that Bordeaux need it, want it, are hungry or a little bit for it. And that, again, that pays off in those, in those crucial moments. So against the super dominant Montpellier full tilt side, it would have been too much. In those conditions, yeah, I, I see Bordeaux sneaking it too. Thanks, Benji. Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to Kane Douglas for joining us as well. And thanks to all you guys for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review if you can as well. Check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Cheers. Cheers, boys. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.